Welcome to the Let's Get Vulnerable podcast with me, your host, Dr. Morgan Anderson, clinical psychologist, relationship coach, love expert, creator of the ESL relationship method, and athletic wear connoisseur. My mission is to help you raise your self-worth, have great relationships, and step confidently into the next level of your life. Each week, two episodes will air featuring expert advice, live coaching, and tips showing you exactly how to improve your life and attract great relationships. You deserve to feel empowered, secure, and loved. So buckle up and let's get vulnerable. Okay, y'all, before we get started, I promised myself I wouldn't forget to share with you some really important news. I have officially opened the opportunity to work with me in the eight-week ESL relationship program I know it's the holidays coming up and you don't want to spend another holiday season alone and worried that you'll be alone forever. You don't want to go through the holidays again and come up on January 1 without taking control of your life and working on your relationships. So that's why I've officially opened up the opportunity to work with me. There's a limited amount of spots Once the spots are gone, they're gone. So if you're really, truly serious about getting off the dating roller coaster, you're tired of all the dating games, and you are ready to attract that healthy, great relationship, this program is for you. If you're tired of picking the wrong guy, picking people who won't commit, picking people who you feel you can't commit to, If you're tired of all that wasted energy and you want to have a relationship that lasts, then this program is for you. So make sure you don't wait. Go to the link in my Instagram bio. It's Instagram at Dr. Morgan Coaching and click the apply now button. Go do that. Take the action now that your future self will thank you for. All right, welcome everyone to a very special episode of the Let's Get Vulnerable podcast. We have Coot Blackson with us. He is the author of a national best-selling book, You Are the One. He is widely considered the next generation leader in the field of personal development by everyone ranging from Larry King, Jack Canfield, Marianne Williamson, and more. He's been featured on Larry King Now, Fox and Friends, Dr. Drew, as well as Inc. Magazine. And he recently received a Walden Award in the New Thought Wisdom category that Unity honors once a year to recognize socially conscious leaders who are making the world a better place. He is an incredible, incredible guest that we are lucky to have today, a charismatic visionary and transformational teacher. He offers a fresh, bold look at spiritual awareness for a whole new generation. Born in Ghana, West Africa, his multicultural upbringing as the child of a Japanese mother and Ghanaian father has spawned four different continents. Wow. And he has been inspiring audiences around the world 
He spoke to 3,000 people at the age of eight, which I actually want to hear about that. How did that happen? (laughs) Um, And he has been helping organizations develop authentic leadership and achieve extraordinary performance over the last decade. All right. Without further ado, (laughs) welcome. Welcome to the Let's Get Vulnerable podcast. I'm so excited to have this conversation with you today. Thanks for having me. It's always good to be here. Yay. How did you speak to 3,000 people at age eight? <laughs> what happened? <laughs> you know, my, my, my father is a, a, a minister and he's considered just a little context that, you know, I grew up seeing blind people see and deaf people hear. And like my first mm. memory as a young boy was literally seeing a crippled woman crawling on the floor. She picks up this, and I'm lost in the crowd. There's thousands of people around. She picks up the sand that this man walks on, wipes it on her face and stands up. And so wow. week, off, week after week, I grew up seeing these miracles. You know, he'd look at a woman in a wheelchair, stand up, look at a woman or a, or a man who was blind and put his hands on them and they would see it. So he had 300 churches uh, is, is the kind of context mm. in, in, in Ghana, West Africa. He had a huge church in London, about 5,000 people every Sunday. And so, you know, as a seven, eight-year-old kid, I had no interest in going to church. I just wanted to play soccer and yeah. get into trouble with my friends. Uh, so... I'd be outside causing uh, problems, making noise and embarrassing everyone, uh, breaking glasses and doors. And, <laughs> and so one day, basically, he, they just grabbed me, put me on the front row. And for a few months, I was so bored and I would be sleeping uh, in, in the middle of the service, mm. you know, snoring. All of a sudden, one day I'm sleeping on the front row. <clears throat> someone nudges me and says, uh, your father wants you to uh, give the sermon and go speak. I'm literally half asleep. I get thrown on stage. I'm walking up on stage and I'm kind of opening my eyes and I don't know what happened. You know, there was about 5,000 people in the audience that day. And as an eight year old boy, it was like something came through me that I could not explain. It was almost Mm. as though I, as I stood there, I tapped into what I was born for. I tapped into something that was beyond me and words started coming out of my mouth. That was beyond my own sort of human level, eight year old experience. I started saying things, people were touched, people started crying, people started having certain experiences and I couldn't explain it. It just happened, you know, and, mm. and then that's kind of where it started and that's where my journey began. So that was age eight, but I was always, I always started to get very from that moment, like obsessed with just trying to understand like, yeah. Who, who, who am I and what's the purpose of mm. life? And, you know, where, where do we come from? And why do some people yes. have everything seem to be miserable? And why do some people have nothing seem to be happy? And so yes. I started reading books and, 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 you know, spiritual books, meditation books, Western yes. psychology, pop psychology, everyone from Wayne Dyer, Louise Hay, Marianne Williamson, Deepak Chopra's yes. of the world to the Eastern mystics, you know, were, Maharishi Mahesh Yogi, Krishnamurti, Osho. Mm. And I started meditating at a very young age. And when mm. I was 14, I was ordained as a minister. And wow. uh, that, that was a whole nother you know, conversation we can have. But I was ordained as a minister by my father, given the mandate to take over his wow. spiritual organization. But I knew, it's strange, I knew when that happened that, that I always wanted to help people. I always wanted to mm-hmm. make a difference in people's lives. But I knew that that wasn't my... That wasn't my purpose to do it Mm. the way my father was doing it. Using that vehicle. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I was just, but I was too afraid as a 14 year old boy to, to, to like face my father and have the conversation because honestly I was afraid like 
talk about being vulnerable. I was afraid like if I, if I told him that I don't want to do this, that I, he wouldn't love me anymore, that I would be outcast, mm. that I would be alone, that I would mm. lose my father. I would, lo- I'd, be, I'd lose everybody that I knew in the community. And so I was terrified. And so I kind of, you know, went along with it, but it didn't feel wrong, but it didn't feel right. Mm. And uh, so I went along with it for four years and uh, became a minister and started speaking and teaching and being responsible for people. And, and that's kind of uh, opened up a whole other journey. Wow. I left everything when I was 18. Wow. Yeah. Wow. That, that, yeah. that takes a lot of inner trust, right? And real connection to yourself and knowing what you really wanted to be able to take that risk. You know, yeah, when I was 18, I always knew, I think there's a part of us deep Mm -hmm. down that knows, you know, we we, we know the truth in our hearts. We can bullshit ourselves. We can pretend we can deny, we can distract, you know, sometimes we play this game of confusion, like, Oh, I'm not sure. I'm confused. I'm, I don't know if this is the right relationship for me. I don't know if, if I'm supposed to be yeah. here. I don't know what my purpose is. But deep down, we know. I we mean, know. I, I, I look back on, let's say, experiences. I mean, even folks listening in, if they've been in a relationship, and maybe you look back years ago, you remember the relationship you were, you were in in the past, and you were asking your friends, should I stay? Should I go? What should mm. I do? I'm not sure. Something's not feeling quite right. But the moment we, you broke up with that person, the moment you told your friend, I, I knew that was never going to work. I just, I just knew it. So there's a part of us deep mm-hmm. down, if we're willing to be honest, mm-hmm. that knows the truth. But we are often afraid of the consequences of what mm-hmm. will happen if we really acknowledge our truth. And so for me, it took me four years till I was 18. I looked, what happened was I looked into my future and I saw two paths. I saw the expected path, the expected path of, what my, the life my father laid out for me and what everyone else expected of me that I was trying to fit myself into. And then I looked into that path and I saw I might be successful by everyone else's standards. But if I didn't have myself, if I didn't have my truth, if I couldn't look myself in, in the mirror, when I looked down that path, I literally felt like I was dying. And mm. I knew that wasn't right. And I, and, I, and I had to acknowledge like, you cannot really be happy living someone else's life. You cannot really be happy yes. being someone that you're not, no matter how great the life is. And then I looked down at the other path and my soul was calling me in a totally different direction. Yep. The thing is, I didn't know what direction that was. You know, mm-hmm. it's one thing when you, when you have clarity and sometimes there's this idea that you have to know where you're going to, mm. to, to, and you have to have your life kind of a vision mm-hmm. and everything mapped up. I actually don't believe it's true. I think there's a part of us that has an intelligence that actually knows, and we have to have the courage to be vulnerable, to actually mm-hmm. embrace the unknown, to embrace the not known. And I think the degree to which we're willing to embrace not knowing, which is terrifying and is scary, yes. is the degree to which I think we're free. So I, I was guided yeah. in a direction that I had literally no idea. And that's when I had the conversation with my father and I said, I love you, but I'm not taking over. And it was vulnerable and it was scary and it was terrifying. Wow. We didn't speak for two years and it was Mm. really difficult. A really difficult. Wow. Wow. I can so relate to your story when I was finishing up my doctorate, which, you know, was very like, okay, that's the path. You know, yes. we know, we know what that looks like. And I was, I was in private practice, I was, you know, clinical wow. psychologist. 
Um, and I was offered a position at a hospital that paid wow. really well. It was like a hundred K a year benefits, wow. very, very secure. Right. <clears throat> and I knew though, like when I tuned in to that option, <clears throat> I felt part of myself dying. Just as you said, like I felt yeah. some of the passion dying. I yes. imagined that hamster wheel of, you know, getting up and doing kind of the same thing every day. And um, so I chose to start my coaching business and be my own boss and go down this path and create this podcast and um, help all these amazing women that, that I'm currently helping. And amazing. I, yeah. it, it honestly breaks my heart to think about the version of me that would have chose that other option. Yeah. But so many people are, right? They're choosing the stability. They're choosing the traditional path or what they're supposed you know, one, to do. One of the things that I think keeps us stuck that I had to acknowledge, but one of the things that I see keeps us stuck are all from really shifting our lives, from really being fulfilled, are all the ways we end up lying to ourselves, mm -hmm. all the untruths we tell ourselves. And so I would just invite everyone listening, you know, to me, being happy, being fulfilled actually isn't hard. It's actually quite simple. You know, it's really simple. Feel the truth, tell the truth, live the truth, you know, mm. uh, express the truth. It's not that difficult, but it's not always easy because, because we're afraid. And so I would just invite everyone to really sit with a few questions. Number one, like, what lies am I telling myself? Where am I lying to myself? What am I lying to myself about? Mm -hmm. And some people might say, well, how do I know if I'm lying? How do I maybe maybe I'm, I'm I've been lying to myself so much that I don't even know it's a lie anymore. And I would say, really look at in your life, look at where you experience consistent pain, often where you have pain in your life, consistently pain in relationships, pain in a certain situation, pain can often show you where you might be living less than your authenticity. We often mm -hmm. think pain is bad. And we try to get rid of pain, drink it away, sex it away, shop it away, work it away, social media it away. But I think pain in and of itself is neutral. It's a messenger. It, it, it's actually a gift that is, can point us to where we're not being authentic. That can start, if we're willing to acknowledge the message of the pain, mm -hmm. can help course correct us to go, wow, where am I not being true? So look at the question, what lies am I telling myself? And look at where there's pain. You know, look at also... The willingness to sit with what are the lies that I'm telling myself costing me, you know, because yes. when, when we tell lies, it costs us. It you does. Know? And, 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 and it usually costs us a lot. And sometimes yes. it's actually painful, but, but we're, we're not willing many times to feel the pain of what it costs us because we're afraid if we feel the pain, yeah. we might actually have to make a shift. Like, oh, mm -hmm. if I really acknowledge that this relationship is not right or I'm no longer in love or is no longer aligned for yes. me, I might have to do something about it. So if I just don't feel the pain and I distract myself, then I can kind of keep going. And so I think one of the keys we have to do is be willing to be honest with the pain of what we're feeling based on the cost of living the lie, you know, and really like yes. sit with that and use Absolutely. that as an energy not to like uh, wallow in it, but use that as an energy and impetus to, to make a shift and bring mm -hmm. ourselves more into alignment. And so I think, I think if we're willing to tell the truth and feel the truth and live the truth and be courageous in that, our life would transform. 
Absolutely. I love this so much. You have to be willing to feel into that pain right now so that you can avoid all of that future suffering. suffering. Pain is transformational, but then suffering is when we sit in that pain and we don't let it transform us. So I agree 1000% with everything you said. I actually, when I work with women, I have an exercise that I call, is this serving you? Mm. And I have them look at their current lies and then I have them picture their life, you know, five years from now, 10 years from now, 50 years from now, still holding on to those lies. And I allow them to sit in that pain. And that is the motivation right there. You know, pain is motivating when we allow pain, ourselves pain, to pain feel into is, it. Pain is a gift. We've just been conditioned that pain is bad. Something's wrong. Actually, many times when we feel the pain, it's not that anything is wrong. It's actually a sign that a part of us is working correctly. We're healthy because if we do things that go against our integrity, if we betray ourselves, if we stay in toxic situations, if we're not living our truth, pain is the natural byproduct of not living in alignment. Like if you do something that is not right for you and you feel great about it, something is really off. So the fact that we feel pain is a sign of our own health. The challenge is where it gets, where it gets difficult is when we don't listen to the pain and we continue and we continue, then the pain grows and the pain grows and the pain grows and the pain grows. And then we get a disease, we get sick, we go Mm -hmm. crazy. We start feeling depressed. Mm -hmm. You know, all these are signs that we just haven't dealt with something at a deeper level, you know, And, and, and course corrected our life. So I think mm-hmm. pain is an absolute gift. If we're willing to have the courage to, mm-hmm. to acknowledge it, to face it, to feel it, and mm-hmm. to use it as a signpost to make some of the changes in our life. So what is, I would invite people to sit with, what is the pain I'm feeling trying to tell me? What is the message? Mm-hmm. What is the signal? And what, is the, what, are, what, what are some ways that I, what are some things I need to let go of? Are there any people I need to let go of? What are some things I'm not acknowledging that I really need to acknowledge? And I think if we're willing to do that, we can start realigning our life. And that's a key. You know, it's a really key. Absolutely. It's not always convenient. It's not always convenient. Right? Absolutely. But uh, I, I think if we're willing, we have to be willing to not do what's convenient in, this, in the moment. Mm. Because usually when we do what's convenient, in the long run, it ends up inconvenient. It ends up more painful. Oh. Isn't that just run. true for every single area, everything, every, everything in life? Yeah. If we, even if we think about the food that we ingest in our bodies, right? If we're doing the thing that's just easy and convenient, you know, a lot of times it's not the you, thing. That, if you that's do really the easy vicious. thing now, mm-hmm. it will, I often say, if you take the easy path now, it will be hard later on. Yes. So you have to have the courage to do what is in quotation marks sometimes a little mm. harder now mm-hmm. so, it, so it can be easier later on. And Absolutely. so I think, I think life, life is in that sense simple, but we complicate it because we don't listen to our truth. I mean, how many times have maybe folks listening in, maybe you can relate, I know I can relate, when you meet someone, let's say for the first time, and your gut, everything inside of you says, stay away. Right, the whole your intuition is don't go there, don't go, stay, stay alert, alert, stay away. Uh-huh. And somehow, somehow you end up in a relationship with that person, but you you knew, and so we have to, I think, start. We have to stop kind of second guessing ourselves and yes. questioning 
that deeper intuition of knowing, you yeah, know, absolutely. because sometimes the wisdom of our being uh, uh, guides us in very subtle ways. It's not always loud, a loud voice. It can sometimes yes. be a feeling like mm, something, something, it, something's off here, you know, something's yes. off here. And we ignore it. Sometimes we ignore it with like, no, I should be more compassionate. I should be more spiritual. I should be more kind. But like something's off here. So I think the more we can just mm-hmm. listen to that and align with that subtle sense of knowing inside mm-hmm. of us, the more we can kind of move forward and create a, an authentic life. So I love that. It's it's so true. I know I've I've been guilty of that, meeting someone and, and thinking, oh, just give it time. Give but, it time. But I had the gut feeling um, up front, you know. And, you know, I feel like I'm talking with you at the perfect time. And this is how the universe works, right? Um, One thing I've been really focused on in my own spiritual practice is getting into this place of allowing and and tuning Mm -hmm. into the wisdom beyond my own understanding, right? And I know for all of us that may look different. We all have different spiritual practices. But for me, the, the confidence, the trust, the trust of myself and also the trust of the universe that, that comes from that practice, it helps me show up in my day to day and be drawn to the things that are meant for me, right? Instead of trying to force different things or compare. Right. I know we live in a culture of comparison. Totally. totally. But when, when you can step into that energy of trust of yourself and trust of the universe, you are so much more relaxed and you're inviting into your life what's really mm-hmm. meant for you. Mm-hmm. R- relationships and everything. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. Yeah. 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 For for you, when when you think about that practice of tuning in to you and, and tuning into a higher power, um, what are the ways that you've developed the habit of doing that? Is it like a daily morning routine or what, what does it look like for you to, to do that consistently? Yeah. I mean, I'll be honest. I don't think it, it's, it's necessarily like one, like five step formula thing I do. Or, yeah. Yes. I meditate and, you know, meditate, pray, take time journaling yes. you know, just to kind of listen. But I think mm-hmm. it's always great to sometimes we're so busy with our lives running, 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 Mm. that it's so externally focused outside job, work, kids, Mm. family, person out there, you know, social media, that we're so focused out here that our attention doesn't turn inwards to really listen to the actual wisdom that is actually in here. Sometimes we don't do that because we don't want to hear the wisdom that's actually in right. here. Right? And so we keep out here because we know, oh, if I actually become still, I might hear the truth that this relationship is not right for me or this situation is not right for me or I need to leave my job. And so because we're afraid of that, sometimes we intentionally stay focused out here. So one, one thing for me that I would invite everyone to do that, I, that, that is really important for me is to really make sure that there is the space in your life. And that space could be half an hour. That space could be an hour where you're not in constant activity, externally focused, where you have mm-hmm. the time to sit, be, breathe, and just listen without agenda. It's, it's not like, oh, I got like eight minutes. I, I have to do it in eight minutes. But when you have a little spaciousness in your life and the space is in your life to actually tune in and listen, many times the, 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 the wisdom the connection 
the knowing can become more conscious to us. So I take time to meditate. I take time often in the evenings to just, you know, before I go to sleep, to just journal, to just tune in, mm -hmm. sit for 30 minutes and just do nothing and just, just be, you know, and, and not have yes. to like run around. And that, that's, I think is really helpful. You know, one thing too, I think if people are having a hard time, like, how do I trust the universe? How do I, how do I trust? I would say, look, how can we not trust? If we really look at it, how can we not trust? Okay. I like everyone just like, if you're looking for proof that the universe or you, know, you can trust the universe, just look at your body. Just look at your breath. Just look at your actual biological, physiological mechanism. Mm -hmm. Every single day, it is living proof that there is a, you don't have to be spiritual, Christian, Buddhist, anything. You don't have to do yoga. You don't even have to meditate. Just look at the nature of what is, reality of what is. Let's not project it to some woo-woo fourth dimension. Look at this physical structure and go, huh, something is happening. Yes. There is, there is breath happening inside of this body. What is breathing me? What is functioning, this, 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 this mechanism? You and I, we ate food this morning or this afternoon or this evening, and we ate a piece of fish or we ate a kale salad, and somehow we ingested this thing, and how is it that my hand didn't become a kale or, or a banana <laughs> or a fish? Like There is an intelligence inside mm -hmm. of this body that mm -hmm. is breathing us, functioning us, coordinating, digesting our food, turning it into mm -hmm. all sorts of processes that is looking out of these eyes and, and, and able to process colors and trillions of processes that are happening all simultaneously while walking, eating, shitting, sleeping, speaking, you know, functioning. Yes. Our brain. All of these things are happening like, wait a second. <laughs> and you and I are not sitting here going, oh my God, who, how, do, how do I trust that I'm going to breathe? Wait, it's just happening. How do I trust yes. that? My, my, the granola I ate for breakfast. Oh my God, will it digest? What happens if it doesn't digest? It's just happening in yeah. spite of us. And I think if we can bring our attention to the mm. reality of what is, of what actually is happening right now, it starts shifting the relationship because this is proof that there is an intelligence, that we're being breathed by life. That's one. Then if you just look out at nature, Nature is also the, a living proof, like trees mm -hmm. are growing, plants are growing. You know, I, I went and I was in Tulum where I have a house and I was seeing these honeybees, how these melopona honeybees make their hives and like thousands and thousands of bees make that. They just know exactly what to do and how to make the honeycomb and the bee. And they go to the, you know, they go to the, <laughs> the, the flower, they get the nectar, they take it. I'm like, how do they know that they don't go to a seminar? Yes. They, they don't listen to a podcast and go to a seminar yes. on how to make the, bee, the, 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 the pollen and how to make the honey. They just, it's an they intelligence. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Somehow you and I, we've become conditioned to, to like disconnect mm -hmm. from the innateness that we are also a part of the larger tapestry of nature itself. We are a part of nature. We've just lost touch with the fact that we are part of this nature. Every day the sun shines. Is there, is there ever a day, is there ever a day that you woke up, right? Or I woke up and we're like, holy shit, what, where is the sun? It, it was, <laughs> like the sun forgot to come out that day. It never happens. So right. every day we have so much proof 
of the love of the universe, of the consistency of the universe, of the grace of the universe, of the reality of the universe that like we kind of like don't pay attention to because like we're running around like, you know, trying to post on Facebook, you know? Totally. We tune out. We disconnect. So I would say, look around. Yeah. Look, look around. around yeah. The reality of life. Take mm. it in. Breathe it in. Be in gratitude for that. And, and, and tune into your own body. Like, if you cut your finger, mm. your, your body knows exactly how to heal itself. How to heal it, yeah. How exactly. to heal itself. And tune so when into we yourself. tune into yeah. that intelligence, this is key. This is how we I love that. more trust. And then each time we, 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 we tune into that, then we listen, then we take an action in a direction that is trusting, then the trust grows. And then we keep taking another action, the trust grows, and we keep taking another action. Yes. So one thing I do is I, when I, I've learned to, I stop, I, I've learned to not question the deeper intuition that I feel now. Something says, drive here. I mean, unless it's like crazy, right? But just drive to that place. I'll, I'll just kind of listen. Go here. Yes. I'll kind of listen. Fly to Miami. I'll just, I'll kind of go there and just show up, you know? And so more and more I've done that, the more and more I've seen like amazing things happen that I could not have planned with my mind. So the more we do that, the more the trust grows, the more the universe shows us and reveals itself and reinforces yes. to us its magic. Absolutely. Ooh, I love this so much. I love it. And I feel like this is a wonderful time also as we're, you know, going into this new year and yeah. these are lessons we really want to take with us. So, um, I want to shift gears just a little bit and talk oh. about your best-selling book, You Are the One. Because I want to hear kind of how some of those lessons can relate to <clears throat> having your own high self-worth kind of as you're trying to attract a partner, you know, like to, talk to me about that. What, what's, that's a big, big question. <laughs> I know, so, right? It is. So, so, so like what, what sp part specific, just so I can yeah. what part specifically around that, that uh, we want to talk about the partner part, the relationship, but like self-worth part that you like, tell me which yeah. part you want. You know, one, one thing I think people come to me with is like, Oh, just, teach me how to date. Like, just give me the tips and the mm. strategies and da, 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 you know, like the just, five keys, right? Right. They, they want that. Um, but you and I know mm. that it's so much more of an internal game. So I'd love to hear your take on, take, sure. yeah. Like what, what is the internal work before you're yeah. allowing, yeah. allowing keyword that yeah. partner into your life? I think many times we, are. Uh, seeking someone outside of ourselves and we're seeking love outside of ourselves mm. and what i tell people is stop seeking the love outside of yourself and instead become the person you know so stop seeking the person become the person you know who is who is loving and realize that it essentially you are what you are is love. When you realize that what you are is love and you stop seeking it outside and you be that in your life mm -hmm. as you are right now, you start vibrating at a certain frequency level that becomes like when you are being loving, you become incredibly attractive to people. You know, when you become loving yes. and you know that you're love and not coming from like, I need love, I need you, please love me. Like, then you just like a flower, you start yes. radiating and you become attractive. So 
realize the love that you are, become the love that you are, express the love that you are, and rather than seeking it, cultivate a life right now, even if you're not in a relationship that is fulfilling, that is joy-filled, that is alive, that is you know, totally fulfilled within yourself where you're not mm -hmm. waiting for someone to show up to love them. You are loving as fully as you can right now because likely the kind of person that you want is not is not asking for someone who's waiting to love. They want, they want to be with someone who is already whole, complete, and mm -hmm. loving. And mm -hmm. so cultivate so stop waiting, love fully right now, cultivate your life. That's one thing I'd say. About relationship to be a bit more specific. To me, relationship is a mirror you attract to you in relationship someone who is vibrating at a similar level as you someone who is vibrating at a similar level of, as you and someone who you maybe in their soul have certain lessons to teach each other in this mm. particular moment in time Yes. And so your soul and their soul have attracted each other into each other's experience in this moment because there's some lessons that you, your soul and their soul have for each other in this moment. Mm -hmm. And so relationship is a mirror. You attract to your person who is a mirror manifestation of some aspect of yourself. You attract to you some person who is a mirror manifestation of an aspect of yourself that you need to heal, integrate, make peace with, uh, 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 release, let go of, learn about, accept. They're reflecting something to you about yourself that you need to do something with so that, so, so essentially what I'm saying is the other person, re there really is no one out there. There really is no relationship mm -hmm. out there. There really is no other out there. The other person that you've attracted into relationship, in, in, romantic relationship is really a manifestation of yourself they are a part of yourself projected out there that you get to. So, so in a sense, relationship can be an incredible mirror feedback mechanism to show you mm. where you are at in your own consciousness. And the yes. mirror, the mirror doesn't lie. Yes. It's like, no, 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 Coop, that's not me. Well, well if, that, if that wasn't some aspect of you, I'm not saying it's all of you, but if that, wasn't, if that person wasn't showing you some aspect of yourself, you would not have attracted them. You would not have gone into a relationship with them. Mm. It's like getting it's like getting on a scale, right? And weighing yourself. Mm. The, the weighing machine is very impartial. It says, you weigh 150 pounds. Well, no, I don't. Well, it, it doesn't lie. You weigh it 140 pounds. Yes. It doesn't lie. So the projection in the mirror doesn't lie until relationships are a great mechanism that show you where you are at in your consciousness, what you need to heal, mm -hmm. deal with, make peace with, embrace and integrate, and where your learning growth opportunities are. So if we really understand that, it's profound. So the question I would ask people is, if you look at the people that you're attracting in your life, dating-wise, relationship-wise, here's the question, and you know it's coming, right? Mm -hmm. the, the question is, if you look at the people you're attracting, good, how come they keep attracting People that cheat on me or don't honor me or don't want to commit to me or don't, mm -hmm. I mean, just keep going. If you look at the people you're attracting in your life, what does that reveal to you or show you about yourself? Mm -hmm. And do you like what you see? Because if, so if you don't like what you see, there's no you. This is what most of us do. Ah, there's no good men out there. There's yep. no good people out yep. there. There's no this out there. There's no that out there. But it, 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 
the mirror doesn't lie. <laughs> and if you really get that it's a mirror, then you can take responsibility. Yes, take responsibility. And, yep. and really go, wow, if this is what keeps showing up and this is what it's showing me, what do I need to heal, shift, and transform within yes. myself? Yes. Maybe I need to heal my own. Maybe I need, if I keep attracting people that either betray me, how do I betray myself? If I keep attracting men that don't want to commit to me, where am I not committed to myself? And, mm-hmm. and if, if we can then go, okay, let me heal this within myself. Let me heal this pattern within myself. Let me heal this as- aspect within myself. And as we do that, and as we shift our own internal relationship, love ourselves, honor ourselves, yes. really get who we are, what we are, the value that we have, our own self-worth, self-acceptance, you know? Mm-hmm. If we don't accept ourselves, we're likely to attract people in, into our lives that maybe don't accept us, right? Yes. Or we might attract people that accept us, but we won't be able to accept the love they're giving us because yes. we don't feel like, what's wrong with them? Huh? Don't they see how much yes. stuff I am? We'll and push so, them away. Yeah. We'll push them away. Mm-hmm. And so if we're able to truly heal ourselves through compassion, through exploration, through therapy, through loving, through spiritual practice, and really shift those patterns, then we begin to attract people that begin to mirror where we're at. Yes. We also start becoming attracted to people yes. that are more able to, like the people we used to be attracted to that maybe didn't want honoring or didn't respect yes. us we're no longer attracted to them anymore because we've shifted the dynamic within ourselves. So it's not about, it's not, I tell people, don't even worry about, you know, the dating techniques and this and that. Focus on becoming the right person, becoming the conscious, alive, vibrant person. When you really focus on that, you will vibrate at a certain level. And then the right person will, kind of be attracted to you wherever you are doing what you're doing yes. you won't you won't have to chase it you won't have to seek it it will absolutely it will it will, it will, it will come to you as an internal yes. reflection of yourself I love this so much you know I agree and this is exactly what I do in in my program I help women do this internal work mm-hmm. and it is it's just so powerful work. and I I love that at the end of the program, they're usually having these experiences that they've never had in relationships where, wow, the person is emotionally available. Wow. They, you know, they want to show up with me and they're interested and they're, they're giving, you know, all of these experiences that they never had had before. Um, It's all available to you, but it's, it starts with you. It's inside. And I think, I think it's important, you know, you're doing such important work because that is the core. That is the core. It starts inside. The other thing I think it's important to remember in relationship is you attract someone who you're vibrational match with. You attract someone who you have maybe certain karma with, a soul agreement with. You attract someone who perhaps you have certain mm-hmm. lessons to grow mm-hmm. through and work through together. So for me, if you really understand that the real purpose of relationship we sometimes think that the purpose of a relationship, you know, have fun, have a good time, great sex, movies, chocolates, roses, romance. It's all great. I hope we have lots of that. It's fantastic. But I think the ultimate real purpose of relationship is to grow and evolve, mm-hmm. to learn the lessons for why we attracted that person, to become more of who we really are, and to express the fullest degree of our own loving. So really, the yes. real purpose of a relationship is evolution it's our yes. soul's 
evolution. That's the bottom line. Whether we stay with someone for one date, whether it's, it, it lasts yes. one, one evening, a week, a month, 10 months, 10 years, a lifetime, the real purpose of relationship is, am I evolving? Am I growing? Yes. Am I learning? Are we learning together? And am I becoming more of who I am and more loving? That's the purpose. And so I think when we understand mm -hmm. that, then in relationship, when issues come up with your partner, because even the best of relationship, there's going to be issues. Shit's going to come up. Stuff's going to get triggered. Yes. That, that, that's inevitable. Even with the best person, when you understand the purpose, when stuff gets triggered, it's not like there's anything wrong. When you understand the purpose, you can be conscious about it to go through the mm. triggerings that are coming up with conscious awareness to hold each other with a space of compassion as you and your partner work through the stuff mm. that's coming up as healing. Then it's like, wow, isn't it exciting my jealousy is here? Isn't it exciting that my abandonment patterns are here? Wow. And then, and then we can yes. hold each other through that to the deeper level of healing. I'm having this moment of, of course, I have attracted you to this podcast because I have literally been talking about those same themes lately. So thank Amazing. you for backing me up. <laughs> I, I, I actually did a, an episode recently that was called Conflict is Growth, right? Um, so it's that, it's that same idea that it's just this opportunity to grow together. Yeah. Um, so, so wonderful. And <laughs> I I just have to tell you, I have to admit, I haven't read your book yet, but I'm going to. And I'm so excited to read it. All, all is forgiven. <laughs> okay, thank you. Um, and I actually have a selfish question for you. Yeah, go I have for you. it, please. Let's um, do it. I'm in the process of writing my first book right awesome. now. Congrats. Thank you. And it's it's a lot about this, the internal work. Um, and how to totally rewire your relationship with yourself and how you yes. go about finding your person. Um, what are your tips for writing a book? What, how, how can I do this and, and get it out there? What, what was it that worked for you when you were in the process of writing yours? Okay. The, the writing, you're firstly you're asking about the writing part, right? Yes. Okay. So, so I'll be honest, you know, I wrote You Are The One became a best-selling book. My new book's coming out next year. So now I've written two books and I hate writing books. <laughs> oh my gosh, the honesty. I, I, I'm a partial writer, right? But I, I really, I'm a speaker. I'm an orator. Yes, I'm a I've been but running I, into that. <laughs> like, I'd rather I, just speak this, you know? I, I'll, I'll be honest. I, I, I hate writing books. And okay. I had this romantic notion in my mind you know, like you see the Hemingway and yes, the I know. Sit there and, and then you hear, I hear all my friends that, yes, cool. I'm going to Bali and I'm going to go right on the, <laughs> and so, you know, I, I have this romantic idea. I'm going to sit there and I'm going to write overlooking. Yes, the mountain and, the, and God's word is going to descend through me. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah. and so I, I went many years ago and I tried this. I rented a beautiful heart in the middle of Bali. Oh my God. No one around in a valley. It couldn't have been more, romantic and idyllic and I sat there and was miserable felt like torture and hell for like eight days okay I got some writing down but I thought to myself 
this is not my natural flow. This is yes. not my natural nature. This is not how I want to write. And if I, if, if reality is really my creation and I can create my reality based on my interpretation and choice I make and what I choose to make things mean, then why don't I reframe and recreate my experience of writing? So rather than trying to fit myself into some preset idea of what some other writer does or what another yeah. great writer is, let me go, okay, who am I? What is my nature? And how can I write in a way that's according to my nature? So this might help you and those listening. What mm -hmm. I decided to do was rather than sit there and try and be some like Hemingway of a writer, right? I decided like I'm a speaker. And so I did it a couple of ways. Firstly, I, I brainstormed, jotted down all of my ideas on a piece of, on, in a journal. So it was mm -hmm. messy. It was all over the place. It wasn't neatly typed in a manuscript. It was just like, boom, I got my ideas out. Yes. Then I went and took all of my blogs and information and stories and content mm. I put out there and put that together. Now I had two pieces. Then I kind of formulated different chapters. Then I decided I was going to speak like I'm doing to you now, right? Wow. Speak, speak the book into audio format and at least get out all of my concepts. This way, wow. everything would come out. And, and I decided when I sat down to write or speak, it didn't matter if I suck. It didn't have to be like amazing. Yes, I, just needed to get it. I just needed to get it out. So what mm. I did was I spoke onto audio all of my thoughts, all of my ideas, wow. and, and got everything. And so now I had this huge body of content. Then I took this content and I gave my permission to totally suck. And I chiseled it down into some kind of like manuscript, if you could call it that, that was at least on paper <laughs> with some of the key concepts and ideas. Yeah. Right? So that's how I finally at least got an initial draft wow. down. Then I got an editor to help me like, I paid an editor to help me like really start chiseling and yes. making it, you know, kind of like cutting away a piece of clay, making right. it into a sculpture with an arc of a story. Then I finally had something to present to uh, my publisher and pitch my publisher and what have you. But here's the funny thing. Even once I sold my book, the first book to Simon & Schuster, big publishing house, sold my book, got my advance. We started the, the whole publishing process. Even after that, I thought I had my book ready. Literally, I had to, and I presented them a manuscript. They said, in a nutshell, nah, we need, we need something different. I had to literally rewrite an entire book in three months. Wow. So I, so I would say don't get too attached to mm. what you're writing. I see. If, any, if anything, what I have found two occasions now, that your book has a soul of its own. Amen. I and agree. your job as the vehicle as the author, is when you realize you are not writing the book. You are the one that is really in service to the message that is the book itself. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And the book is its own energy, and you are here to serve the message of this book and let mm -hmm. that come through you. And the more you do that, the more the authentic nature of what the book is and the messages will come through you. That might surprise you. My first book, was nothing like I thought it was going to be when I started. Wow. Nothing. That's nothing. Amazing. I mean, it, it has some stories and some ideas, but the actual way it's written and the kind wow. of up is nothing. And so I think when we can live that way, then we live open. So I had to basically, even in the writing process, surrender to what was yes. being written. 
Wow. This goes full circle to what we were talking about in the beginning, right? Of that, that surrender and that allowing and, and and then, but I would also say as a writer, make sure be consistent and do every day. Yes. Do it every day. I know I have learned that. Yeah. Do it every day. Consistent. Do every day and just, and just get it out, get it out. When you have it there, then it's like, Oh, okay. It's, it's, it's out there. That's the hardest part. And many times when I thought I was writing stuff or speaking stuff, I, I would think this is terrible. This is mm. not that. Then I would come back a month later and read it and go, ah, it's, it's not bad. You know, you know, yes, yes. I'm kind of laughing at myself because, you know, you talked about like, oh, I'm going to go and I'm going to have this amazing place to write. Next weekend, I totally booked myself like four days at this beautiful hotel. And I'm like, I'm going to go and I'm going to write. And hey, <laughs> I'm might, like, you, I'm laughing, you, you know, you might, you might have the most epic writing experience. You know, I'll keep you updated. We'll see. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so what is your new book about? Uh, my new book is I'm not, I'm not revealing it yet, but it comes oh. up. Oh, I'm going to come back. We'll come back. In, in yes. Maybe. April, let's do another interview let's all about the new it. book. But it comes out May the 4th. Okay. Uh, I'm very, very, very ex- This was the book I was born to write. Let's just Ooh. say it. it was the book I was born to write. And based on, twi- based on 2020, I think it's literally the perfect book for these times. That I, c- I could not have planned the, the, wow. the concept of this book. So. Let, have, have me back and I'll tell I you will. I, that gave me goosebumps. I'm excited to read it. I, yeah. I read about a book every three days. So I'm an, wow. av- I'm an avid reader. Yes. Yeah, so, wow. So yeah. yes, I'm ordering you are the one that's on, uh, it's on Amazon right now. So I'm going to yeah. get it. Yeah. Um, yeah. And how else if people want to connect with you, I know you have a podcast as well. Yeah. I have a podcast. It's called soul talk and that's weekly where I have a guest on that. And then I share inspiration as well each week. Uh, if people want to connect with me, Instagram, Facebook, mm. uh, my website is kubblackson.com. Twice a year I do, we, we postpone uh, 2020, but next year in June, July and December, twice a year I do a deep, deep dive 12 day event in Bali, Indonesia. Amazing. That's really about helping people transform and kind of peel away wow. layers of con- conditioning and help people connect to who they really are. And that's in Bali. And so that's www.boundlessbali.com. Uh, also, if people want to receive, a, f- I think it's a three, three-part video series, they can go to activatingabundanceonline.com and get three free videos. Amazing. Yeah. And you're on, so they, you're on Instagram as well, right? I know you are. I'm on it. Is anyone not on Instagram? Who um, is this on Instagram? Good, <laughs> good question. If you're not on Instagram, you're not really <laughs> living. <laughs> yes. And it's just your name on there. On just my, yeah. Just my name. People so, can find me there. Yeah. K-U-T-E-Blackson. And you have amazing content on there too. Yeah. Just sharing. Yeah. You're just on fire. Yeah. You know, for me, it's, you know, I've always felt from a very young age, a deep calling to serve people. And so for me, Mm. you know, when I, when I started coaching people 17 years ago, it wasn't about making money. It was before social media. I was just literally a a baby. And I just wanted to, 
I wanted to just help people and I was mm. doing it for free in the beginning and just, I didn't care, you know? And so for me, absolutely, look, I, I was a kid who we lived behind my father's church and, and we didn't have a lot of money. So I would sneak into my father's church at night after I did my homework and I would speak to the empty, what people don't know, I would speak to the empty chairs, thousands of chairs mm. in the darkness, mm. giving seminars. So for me, serving people, helping people transform, helping people reconnect to the truth is, is my passion. It's, it's my calling. It's, it's, you know, part of really why I'm alive. And so this is beautiful. That's beautiful. I can so relate, you know, like eight year old Morgan was on the playground with like one other person trying to like talk to them about their life and everybody else is playing. And I'm like, no, let me help you. You know? So from a very young age, I have felt that same way. And, it is it is such a such a blessing to have this path because I think for me the happiness that you get out of helping others it's just beyond anything else. It yeah. it totally lights me up. Yeah. Yeah. It's everything. I think, you know, at a certain stage of life, the first many times when we start life, we we grow up and it becomes about me it becomes about what can i get it becomes Mm -hmm. about what can i accomplish what can i achieve what can i do but at a certain point of one's evolution you start realizing you can get everything you want but often the things that you thought you wanted aren't really what you want and even if you get everything you want the car you want the house you want the girl or the guy you want you know the vacations you want i mean you can get everything you want but at a certain point what i have found is no matter how much you get you reach a point of dissatisfaction and I yes. think true fulfillment in life really happens when your life moves from a self-centered, me-centered focus mm-hmm. to a focus on others, to a focus yes. on how can I serve. I mean, ultimately, you start how realizing that the, uh, that the other is myself and myself yes. is the other and there really is no separation. Yes. And, and, and so then it becomes about really how can I be of service? Because when we're really being of service, our focus is off of ourselves. And when our focus is off of ourself, it's on, it's on serving others. We're not kind of self-contracted in our mm. own selfing egoness. And many exactly. times we're constantly suffering because we're thinking about me and my feeling and my this and my that and my that and my feeling and my emotion yes. and my sadness versus, wait a second, you can't, for instance, if you go to the grocery store, people are wondering, well, how can I make a difference? Just go out and smile at someone. Because when yes. you are actually smiling at someone, right? That is being of service. But when you're smiling at someone, you can't be depressed. You can't be sad. You can't be like, mm-hmm. with the moment you're smiling at someone, you're often not thinking about yourself. And, and so when we're not just thinking about myself, our heart opens, our heart expands. Mm-hmm. We start to transcend. And I think that's the blessing. So I think there comes a moment where like, the, real, the real success in life is not what you can get, is what you can give. What and, you can and, give. And giving your gifts, you know, really giving your yes. gifts to those around you. Tune into that authentic version of you, of what yes. really, you know, gets your soul on fire. Like what, what really feeds your soul. Exactly. And then get into that energy of giving. Exactly. And then what people don't realize is everything comes to you naturally when you're in that state. There's no more like try, 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 you know? Yeah. Yeah. So, well, I am just so happy that you came on the podcast and Thanks for having me. gave us your energy. You are an incredible mm-hmm. guest and we'll absolutely have you back when your new book it. is it, it coming maybe, out. Maybe April, beginning of April. Yes. Let's do it again. Oh, I can't wait. I cannot wait. I'm excited. Um, 
And one last thing, just real quick. If, if I ask all my guests this question, okay. So if you were walking down the street and you ran into somebody randomly and they just ask you, Hey, what is your best life advice right now? Ah, And you have to say it in like one sentence and it doesn't have to be like all time forever, but currently, currently I would just say, Hey, you are going to die. Ooh, that's so powerful. You are going to die. Is this, you, is this how you want to die? If you knew the date and time of your death and God said, this is your date and this is the time, would that shift how you're living your life? Whoa, you are transforming that person on the sidewalk. You they are that? like... Because sometimes yeah. we're so living automatic, automatic, mm-hmm. automatic. Like we have another, like we're assuming we got another 40 years. And the fact mm-hmm. is none of us know when that moment's going to come. So mm-hmm. I'm not saying it as a morbid thing. I'm saying it as a wake-up call to say, wake up call. let's wake up to this moment. Let's not be asleep. Let's not be unconscious because every second is precious. We don't have time to waste. When we die, we can't go to God and say, can I get a refund for those three years in that relationship that I hated? So what would we need to do to live without any regrets? It sounds simple, yet we just, many times we kind of walk through life mm. another day, another day. Oh, I can change this next year. We don't have next year. You're we right. Wow. Leaving the audience with tough love, but that really comes from a place of love. Love. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I, I appreciate it. Very powerful. That that love. might be the most tough love answer anyone has given so far. You get the award for that. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you so much. And we will have you on again in Let's April. Do it. Thank All you right. Take care. And to the audience, as always, I'm wishing you high self-worth and great relationships. We'll talk with you soon. You guys, thanks for tuning in. I really appreciate each and every one of you. The best way that you can thank me is by sharing this episode on Instagram, Facebook, and making sure that you tag me at Dr. Morgan Coaching. And it would really mean the world to me if you took just two minutes to leave me a five-star review on iTunes. This podcast is not free to produce, And the more that you help this little show grow, the more people will have access to this valuable information. So until next time, I'm wishing you high self-worth and great relationships. Thank you for being part of this community.